seconds left. Hardy with six. Hardy on Brown. Hardy with three. With two. Hardy reverse slam is gone. 1.2 left. St. John's 12 with 14 from the field in this second half. Hans again. Also in the ball game. Champagne, you're kidding me! Another three for Julian Champagne. You are now listening to the Eye of the Storm podcast. What's going on, Johnny Nation? Welcome to episode 35 of the Eye of the Storm podcast. My name is David Barov, and if you thought it couldn't get worse than laying an egg inside Madison Square Garden in front of almost 14,000 fans last Friday, I've got some bad news for you. I will do my best to express my disappointment in a different way and try to not be so repetitive. But man, every time you think this team possibly can't find a new way to let you down, they prove you wrong. Friday against Villanova, St. John scores 49 points. They could not hit water if they fell out of a boat. They couldn't score at all. Wednesday night, dollar beer night in Omaha, Creighton is home, and St. John's gives up 104 points to Creighton. 104. They would lose 104 to 76. You have back-to-back games where you showed blatant ineptitude. First, with the inability to score the ball. Secondly, the inability to defend the ball. It's inexcusable. 104 points in a college basketball game that doesn't go to overtime. This was in regulation. If that's not Matador defense, I don't know what is. 104 points in 40 minutes. We saw really bad defense against Marquette. They gave up 96 points to Marquette. We saw really bad defense when we got blown out in the Prudential Center against Seton Hall. We saw really bad defense when Xavier got any shot they wanted in Carneseca Arena. What we saw last night in Omaha was worse than all of that. That was Matador defense. Ole, just go by me all night, left and right. 104 points. You have to try to give up 104 points. You you could be as hot from three as you want. To give up 104 points, you have to allow a team to just blatantly score on you. It wasn't like St. John's was turning the ball over. They only turned the ball over 12 times. This was Creighton just scoring whenever they wanted, at will, at any given moment. Mike Anderson, after the game yesterday, said, quote, Our defense was probably the worst we've played all year long. Probably? Probably? You're not sure? 104 points given up and you're not sure? This was the most points St. John's has given up since playing Villanova in 2017 in the Big East tournament when they gave up 108. Probably suggests you're not sure and you've potentially played worse defense? Coach Anderson, your words matter. Your actions matter. I'm not sure how much we actually have to talk about the game here, but St. John's was in it for about 16 or so minutes, and you can argue that. And this was in the first half until they really mailed it in. And you know what? They kind of said, you know what? Packing up my lunch pail, that's enough work for me. With 340 left in the first half, A.J. Storr hit a shot for two of his career-high 23 points that would make the score 41-34. to The seven-point deficit was the closest it would be the rest of the way. Eventually, and I'm laughing because it's ridiculous, but eventually the lead would balloon to as much as 31 points before the final of 104-76, which was only a 28-point defeat. These guys simply gave up. 
plain and simple. These guys gave up on themselves. They gave up on the coaching staff. They gave up on their team. All those issues that we saw in the five-game losing streak, the poor shot selection, the lack of effort on defense, the hero ball, they all came roaring back, proving that those two games that St. John's won, Butler and on the road at UConn, were fool's gold. They were a mirage. And it was nothing more than a brief veil over the ugliness that has become this 2022-2023 season. This sucks. This sucks to talk about. I hate this. I'm doing this after every game. I'm rewatching games. I'm watching games. I'm going to games. This sucks. There's no two ways to put it. At some point, a few of these players are going to need to do some soul searching. A few of these guys are going to need to look in the mirror, whether it's tonight, tomorrow, before Sunday. They're going to have to look in the mirror and figure out if they have any pride or heart to continue playing this season and to continue to try and overcome adversity. Pride, ownership on the name of the front of the jersey, not the back, has to be instilled early on. You know, this all goes back to the head coach. It is his responsibility to motivate, to inspire, to set expectations. We haven't seen that. Where was the effort last night? We're at the point of the season where it's going to take Joel Soriano, the captain of this team, and guys like Pasha Alexander to take matters in their own hands and ask this team to play for each other. Forget anybody else. Forget coaches. Forget families. Forget the fans. They got to play for themselves. They got to play for, you know, uh, trying to make a future for themselves, trying to, to not embarrass themselves on national TV every night. You know, there's that scene in Varsity Blues where the team bands together and says, you know what, we're not going to play for anybody, whether it's the old coach who hates us or whatever. We're going to play for ourselves. We're going to do it for the guys who have sacrificed. We're going to do it for the injured guys. Montez Mathis, who has a toe injury, who can't play right now. You think he doesn't want to be suiting up right now? Play for him. Play for yourselves. You got issues on this team. You got issues on this roster. This team is mentally weak. How many more times do I have to say it? This team is mentally weak. Adversity should not make a basketball team disintegrate like sugar and water. I don't know how you start fixing that issue in January, but that's definitely one of the issues. And to everybody who is piling on athletic director Mike Craig on social media and all that today, if you think anyone feels worse than he does about the current state of things, I mean, I would simply tell you I... I can strongly believe that you would be wrong. You guys got to remember where this guy came from. He has witnessed firsthand the pinnacle of excellence of basketball. You think Duke was ever mentally weak? You think at the first sign of adversity, you think Coach K didn't pull the team together and try to figure it out? Mike Craig was there for all of that. He was there for 30 years. Winning in culture starts with the head coach. And it funnels its way down. I feel like I can safely assume that this is killing Mike Craig more than it's killing you, me, or anybody on social media that is completely up in arms, albeit rightfully so. I really think that there are some clear issues within this team. The lack of effort that was shown on the court, the lack of leadership that we're seeing on the court, and the lack of Mike Anderson's ability to identify those issues and fix them. At this point, it might be too little too late. But as the head coach of a Division I power conference team, to not have the humility, I guess, to not have the self-awareness to realize your shortcomings at this point in the season, at this point in your tenure, to not have that self-awareness to realize how you are mismanaging the roster or these guys who are on your team right now and not ask for help or change the way you are doing things has to be pointed to either ego or hubris, I really just don't know what it could be because you can't just keep doing the same thing over and over again and expect different results. Albert Einstein said that, and that's what's happening. Prior to this season starting at Media Day, 
Mike Anderson said that this roster was one of the most talented he has ever had, and it very much is a tournament team. At this point, his mismanagement has St. John's barely in the conversation for the NIT, and I can't believe we're talking about that again in year four. And listen, giving up 104 points doesn't happen because Posh Alexander gets ruled out before the game with a left ankle injury. 104 points given up happens because you are undisciplined. You don't care, and there's a blatant disregard for your duties. But all of that goes back to respect and direction to the head coach. We'll talk about the game here a little bit. The Posh Alexander news that I just mentioned, the left ankle injury came right before the game started. I was told that he did not practice all week and that it was a injury that was exacerbated in that Villanova game. So Pinzon, Jones, Store, Soriano, and Wusu would start. It started off pretty good on offense at the very least after 49 points against Villanova. It started with St. John's scoring the ball. Joel Soriano got the ball in the post. He went up against Kalkbrenner and hit a little hook shot to start the game. But man, do the issues on defense also start right away. Baylor Shireman hits a wide open corner three and away we go. St. John's offensive woes seem to have corrected themselves. Like I just mentioned, they had 12 points before the first TV timeout. AJ Storr was well on his way to a career high. He and Rafael Pinzon were hitting threes. St. John's even had a 15 to 12 lead. St. John's quickly learned that you can't trade punches with Creighton. I think the rest of the country is going to start realizing that. I know Creighton took a few bad losses early on, but that was because Ryan Kalkbrenner was missing some games. I think the nation is going to realize how good Creighton is, especially their starting five. And St. John's learned early that you can't trade punches with Creighton. You're going to lose. It's an even dumber decision to trade punches in the middle of the ring and not play any defense and allow your opponent to just bludgeon you in the head over and over and over again, thinking you're not going to get knocked out. I've watched enough UFC. It is really stupid to do that. You're going to get clipped. You're going to get knocked out. St. John's got knocked out. The bright spot yesterday, of course, AJ Store. He would score 16 points in the first half on his way to 23 points, a career high. He had his entire game on display, kind of the game that we expected out of this four-star freshman, the AJ Store that we all wanted to come out early in the year that wasn't getting any minutes. He went 9-16 to from the floor, 3-5 of from deep. He showed off the long range. He showed off the mid-range. He was attacking the rim with ease. An awesome awesome game for AJ Store. He played the most minutes of anybody on the floor. Well-deserved game by AJ Store. Unfortunately wasted in a 104-76 to loss. Joel Soriano was a rebound shy from another double-double, finishing with 18 points, 9 rebounds. He got most of those in the second half. It was odd because Mike Anderson kept Joel Soriano in the game until like a minute left, and I don't know if he was trying to get Joel Soriano a double-double or something and trying to get that 10th rebound, but I can't think of any other reason why he would be out there in a game that they were down by 25 points. I guess kudos to coach caring about that, maybe. But a Joel Soriano double-double is not going to do anything when you're down by 25 or so points. A few other interesting nuggets from this disaster of a game. Kobe King was the first guard off the bench, not Andre Curbelo. I thought Kobe King played pretty bad in the time that he was on the court, but you're expecting probably too much from a freshman who hasn't had many in-game reps, and he's been sitting behind three to four guards all year. David Jones continues to display a complete lack of ability to play within the team. He had 13 points on five of eight shooting, which looks good on the surface, but those three misses and even some of the makes were horrific shots. It got to the point where Steve Lapis, at one point, who was calling the game said that his shot selection was questionable 
said that he was making some really bad decisions. Jones would turn the ball over shortly after Lapis called the shot selection questionable. And it seems like David Jones just checks out. And it seems like he's been checked out for a little while. This is the worst defense I think I've ever seen St. John's play. Guys just letting Creighton shooters shoot wide open threes. Isaiah Nyawi blatantly just walking away from his man and then dropping his arms, giving up a wide open shot. Creighton scored 52 points in the first half on 55% from the floor. They would add another 52 points in the second half. Credit to friend of the program, Patrick Kane of the Red Storm Rapid Reaction Podcast, who pointed this out. Both St. John's and Creighton took 67 shots last night. St. John's scored 76 points on those 67 shots. Creighton scored 104. What does that tell you? One team got good looks, easy looks, made open shots, and one team most certainly did not. So 52 points in the first half. 52 points in the second half by Creighton, and St. John's just gave up, man. I don't know how it's acceptable. I don't know how you give up like that. I don't know how you just not care like that, but it was so awful, unacceptable, and hard to watch. Weak attempts at contesting layups, wide open threes because of poor overhelping. Nemhard was going around Andre Corbello for a layup like he wasn't even there. Guys getting beat left and right for other layups, not hustling back on defense. Baylor Shireman looked like he was practicing in his own personal three-point shooting drill and layup line in the second half. It was a complete team effort. It was last night. A complete team effort in giving up. And that's a shame. That's frustrating. That's frustrating as a fan. That's frustrating as a season ticket holder. That's frustrating as somebody who supports this program through thick and thin and always will. You know what else is frustrating? Being a laughingstock in the media. Earlier in the day on ESPN on Pardon the Interruption, Tony Kornheiser was doing a Happy Trail segment where he was backhandedly congratulating Georgetown for snapping their 29-game Big East losing streak when they beat DePaul on Tuesday. While doing so, while doing so, he called St. John's a decaying battleship as the next opponent for Georgetown. The halftime panel during the game was openly laughing at St. John's and how poorly they were playing defense. Steve Lapis and Andrew Catalan were mocking St. John's and their defense and their shot selection all night through the 40 minutes that they were on the call. St. John's not only lost last night in the actual game against Creighton, they lost in the media's eyes and they were a laughing stock to the media on ESPN, on CBS Sports Network. That just sucks. Who is this St. John's team right now? Again, credit to friend of the program, Pat Kane, for this. Through 10 games in the Big East, St. John's ranks last in getting to the free throw line, last in free throws made, last in threes attempted, second to last in threes made, and second worst in turnovers. How are you so bad at all those things in year four? It's unacceptable on so many levels. So where do you go from here? You've got Georgetown next on the schedule on Sunday at Madison Square Garden. The buzz around this team is completely dead. It's dissipated. I'm sure many people feel like they don't even want to show up or they don't want to support the team after these last two losses. I get it. I'd ask you to still come and support, but it's hard to get excited for this team. It's hard to do it on a football Sunday. It's hard against Georgetown. I get it. The rivalry doesn't matter anymore, but I know what I'm going to do. I know I'm going to keep supporting these kids who wear St. John's on the front of the jersey. That's That'll never stop, win or lose. I can't be one of these guys that's sitting around hoping the team still loses. That's just not in my DNA. I'll never go to a game or watch it on TV and hope that they lose or hope that something happens because if they lose, then that'll happen. I can't do that. Everybody that's pissed off right now, everybody that's upset, frustrated, I don't know if you think that I'm not, but I can promise you I am. 
this is killing me. I'm in the absolute same boat. I can assure you I'm tired of having expectations crushed. I'm tired of having losing seasons. I'm tired of missing the NCAA tournament. I'm tired of being a laughingstock or a doormat in the Big East. I'm tired of it. Something needs to change. The fans have supported through thick and thin. 14,000 are showing up to the Garden. This team needs to give us something to cheer about. This can't keep happening over and over again. And I will try to remind the listeners of what I said during the five-game losing streak when things were looking bleak as well. The powers that be are vividly aware of what is going on. They are watching. They are seeing everything that you and I are seeing, everything that you and I are talking about. How does Mike Anderson get this team to respond on Sunday? How does Mike Anderson challenge his players to be motivated, show up, and play with a purpose on Sunday? Will you get embarrassed for a third straight game on your home court in Madison Square Garden against a really, really bad Georgetown team? You better not. You really better not do that. I think it's also time for some of these players to really look in the mirror and have some conversations amongst themselves. It is time to ask what you are made of. Is this the type of effort and performance you are okay being remembered for? And Mike Anderson, that goes for you as well. How are you, as the head coach of this team, going to fix it? What tools are you going to use to fix 49 points scored on one day and 104 points given up the next day? Mike Anderson, how are you going to fix a team that looked like, played like, and acted like they have given up on themselves, their teammates, and most of all, you? How are you going to fix that? You get paid a lot of money to answer that question. The fans are expecting answers. These players deserve answers. These players deserve leadership. These players deserve to win. Let's see what kind of answers St. John's has on Sunday at Madison Square Garden against Georgetown. I just want to give a quick shout out to all of you, the listeners. I know it's been a tough season, but this past weekend, you guys have helped the Eye on the Storm podcast cross 10,000 downloads. That's a number I couldn't even imagine when I dropped the first two episodes with Billy back in May. I'm so appreciative of all of you guys for interacting with me. To everybody who has said hello at a game or at the bar or anywhere who have said that they listened to the podcast once, they've told a friend about it. I can't appreciate it enough. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that I can continue to bring St. John's content to you. I hope that it's entertaining. I hope you learned something. We're going to continue to bring interviews when we can. It has been an absolutely fun, wild ride. I can't believe we have hit 10,000. I hope one day we hit 100,000 and so on and so on. I appreciate all of you so much. I know it's been a tough season. I wish that we were talking about a lot more wins, but I appreciate that we are doing this together. I hope that I have been at least somewhat entertaining to you. I hope you've learned something, and I hope I've made some of the wins better, and I've made some of the losses feel a little little less painful but sincerely from the bottom of my heart i can't thank you enough i appreciate all of you to everybody that helped launch this podcast that helped me in the early days billy i love you i couldn't have done this without you to everybody who has given me constructive criticism to everybody that has suggested an interview to everybody that has given a little bit of feedback good or bad i appreciate you so much and let's keep this thing going i hope to see you on sunday at the garden come say hello Let's go, Johnnies. Let's try and figure this out. I appreciate you for listening. Thank you. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to the Eye on the Storm podcast. Go, Johnnies.